You are listening to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We shine a light on the topics that matter to digital and data leaders in the NHS. I'm Alex Inace, and I help connect digital leaders in the NHS with interim talent, and I'm your host. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organization. Okay, so first of all, thank you all for, for coming on today's podcast. Uh, we're going to be discussing around how can we increase the public's confidence uh, for data sharing in the NHS. So uh, thank you all for the time to, to, to participate in and also it is much appreciated. You all know me by now, but just as a way introduction for the listener, my name is Alex Anache and I work for Evolution Recruitment. We're part of the NHS team um, and we are committed to helping people and NHS organizations realize their potential. We're going to be uh, talking around your thoughts and your 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 ideas around how can we cre- increase the public's confidence in data sharing. So I think if you go around and we do some introductions, uh, if you could just please introduce yourself, your the trust you work for and also your role within the trust, that'd be great. Uh, should we start with you, Katie? You're first on my screen. Okay, so I'm Katie Campbell. I'm the uh, head of coding and PBR assurance at Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells Hospital. Amazing, perfect. Um, Daniel? Yeah, I'm Daniel Brecht. I'm head of data management for Great Ormond Street Hospital. Perfect, thank you. So you've all sent me some excellent questions. So Katie, do you want to do you want to ask your first question? Okay, so my first question was actually, uh, what are the barriers that stop us working with the public? Um, And for me, my thoughts were that it was some of it could actually be um, a fear of the looking bad um, and a a misunderstanding by the public of the data um, which then can cause a backlash of bad publicity and um, bad feedback. Okay, Daniel what are your thoughts uh, on on the question? Yeah I think there's there's probably some good points there. Um, We've definitely got the existing structure is very much about uh, what happened against what targets and if someone's achieving or not achieving and uh, as we know sort of elective care is uh, waiting lists are through the roof and the rest of it so I do think there's certainly that barrier there for trusts almost um, even though it's readily available to to any members of the public but actually putting it in their hands to start with is is going to be a bit of a um, a shock to to some trusts. Um, I do think as well that the technology is potentially not where it needs to be to to actually get the data into people's hands. Um, We've seen kind of with the NHS app that yes we've got people engaging throughout COVID and things like that but um, the the public will have an expectation of an all-seeing, all-dancing app that shows them everything about their care and, and 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 all the different indicators. But most trusts probably have trouble putting that into what they have currently, let alone trying to feed into an app that is then readily available and, and maintained. So I think there's a few things that we'd 
need to do in groundwork just to actually get to the level of being able to share the data in the first place. OK, Katie, does that uh, answer your question a bit? Um, yes, and I just to add with that, I think that's a very good point, Daniel, that we the technology like yourself, I don't think is quite there yet for communicating this data in a um, understandable format for people that aren't dealing with this every day um, and that it's not just the the Excel spreadsheet with lots of numbers on it, which makes no sense to no one at all. I, I do think as well the um, everything nowadays is what data can we get and what data is kept on you, um, but actually you probably find the average Joe doesn't really know how to interact with data, uh, probably doesn't do that as a as a day job. Uh, I mean, coming from someone that specializes in it, um, it takes a while to actually understand what what the data is telling you. And if you suddenly go, OK, there you go, have have all this data and people aren't going to know how to draw a conclusion from something or actually draw the wrong conclusion from something and then create a bit of a bit of panic. Um, I do also think that actually, yes, in principle, it's good to be sharing all the data that we have to to try and help people with with their care. But if it's not going to bring any benefit to them or actually help them get the the right care, then are we sort of just sharing for the sake of sharing rather than actually trying to bring some benefit from it? Mm. And I think that could on the. the the flip side of that that could actually be dangerous as well to um, share data that is misunderstood and then could cause panic um, or adverse effects yeah. i think there's different kinds of data as well because you can for instance, getting your test results, that would be great that if I could open up an app and actually find out what my test results were, rather than having to ring up, wait in the the, the queue inevitably that you have for the GP, um, speak to someone that can't understand how my name is spelt and, and things like that. And actually, if I can log straight onto an app and get those kind of results, and I think that in itself is a, a, a big step forward. Um, I also think that potentially the age and sort of digital experience that someone has will affect it as well a lot of patients that we have in the hospital are, are elderly because they 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 get unwell as you age and i mean taking a personal example of my my granddad trying to get him to work netflix or something like that is difficult let alone trying to get him to work an app to to get his results from from the doctor and things like that so it, we almost need to have a few different use cases of of what data do we share with who and actually what benefit will that bring to make sure that we're not just spending all time and, and people's money on stuff that doesn't actually get over the line and bring them a product that they can actually use. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. Amazing. Daniel, should we pass on to your question now? Sure. Yep. Uh, so uh, apologies for the, the length of it. Um, in a time of fake news and where information is highly critiqued, how do we define and share the right data with the public and, and ensure that is fully understood? So actually, I think we've probably covered it over a bit in, in the in the barriers question. Um, but as Katie said, we need to 
make sure that the data and what the message of the data is saying is fully understood. Um, if you've got a, a wrongly defined metric on there, suddenly you've got someone thinking that they're not going to get seen for another 105 weeks um, when actually they could be seeing it in the, in the, the wrong way. Um, I was just wondering what people's thoughts were on, on how do we actually define that? Katie, what are your thoughts on that? I think about the data being fully understood, coming from the world of clinical coding, and uh, our profession is often misunderstood. Oh, you write computer computer code, don't you? No, no. Um, <laughs> so I think it's all about the communication and as you would a sales pitch, it's about pitch, how you pitch it, in what format, what tone, what language to the audience you're communicating to. If we go back to um, the, the diff different digital experiences, um, that you may have a, an audience that is less digitally experienced, not used to um, data, or you may have an audience that's very experienced and, and wants the facts and the figures. So I think it's about who's communicating it and how it's communicated to ensure the data is fully understood, really. Okay, Daniel, would you, would you like to elaborate? Uh, yeah, no, I think that's pretty much the what, what I was thinking as well. So um, it's, it's nice to know that that is the case. Uh, I, I do have concerns with um, lots of data being shared out absolutely everywhere without some sort of focus on it that we need to have that clearly defined before we can then move on to actually how do we get the data to people and how do they want it seen? Do, mm -hmm. do they want to see every aspect of what's happened during their, their pathway of care from when the referral was received in uh, to to where they currently are in their pathway and sort of projecting that to the future to when they can actually have their operation. The, the only thing I think with that is that it might actually then just create more work for the NHS in terms of answering calls to say, well, hang on, why am I not being seen before this time? How come that person's gone in front of me? And then it starts a whole different catalogue of different complaints that, that come into the trust when actually what we need to do is treat people um, and 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 make people better. Um, but again, I think it's there's a lot of things that will weigh into it. I think it does have a potential to open a can of worms, to coin a phrase, because um, you do have those people who are very interested in the, the minutiae and the fine points of the data and pulling it apart and why is this number this and why is that calculated? So that that I think could be where it could generate some or will generate some extra work for the NHS. I think on that point as well, actually, the um, quality of the data that we are sending out, like, is is going to be a big impact quite often we find that for our rtt position that we go through a whole period of validation to actually make sure that the data we are submitting is right and it's not just a an admin error on the system and things like that so for anything that we're sharing to the public if we're putting it out there we need to ensure that it's accurate as well so are we going to have to then have a whole nother industry 
on top of of this just to ensure that the quality of the data is is correct so that that we don't start panicking people if they're gonna hack on my i got my letter in and it said this date and actually now on the app it's saying this date what's going on kind of thing mm -hmm. amazing so there's there's that that pretty much answer your question daniel yes thank you very much Amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to address Johnny's question because he's not on the call. Uh, so Johnny's question is, how can we make data more engaging and accessible for the public? Uh, Katie, do you want to do you want to address this first? Uh, uh, just what? Well, no, there's more than one line. Ban the spreadsheet. I think I mentioned <laughs> it earlier. Ban the spreadsheet. Um, I'm going to touch on the points I, I, I mentioned earlier. I think it's all about uh, the tone and the format you use to communicate the data because I think uh, some people naturally when you hear data you you it's not a word that is exciting although it is to some of us so I think it's the the carrot on the stick what's in it for me and making sure that when communicating with the patients, they've got that. What's in it for me? What benefit am I going to get? Why do I need to know um, this information? And I think one good thing that has come out of the pandemic is that um, the NHS, from a technology point of view, has jumped forward sort of 10 years from where it was. So you've now got forums, webinars, podcasts, the apps, um, more more focus on varied ways to communicate the data. And it doesn't have to be in a meeting in a room. Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the, the technology was always and, and how far behind the, even just normal consumer market. Um, we We were for years sort of way behind where we needed to be uh, mainly i'd imagine through the, the the cost of just updating all of the kit for absolutely everyone in the nhs um i certainly think having the right message and trying to keep it simple actually i think if we can identify maybe five things that people are interested in may, maybe even less than that and get them into a, a fairly simple app or something that, that can visualize it uh, even if it's like on a timeline of where you are currently compared to when you're going to get your treatment, um, that that gets the message across within seconds because they can clearly understand that. Uh, accessibility is probably going to vary quite a lot depending on the, the sort of uh, group of people that you're targeting and how sort of tech savvy they are. Um, most people are glued to their phones now, so I'd imagine it's probably the, the best way to to get that sort of mobile across. But then we need to ensure that actually that it supports it and we're not having all the other issues that, that come with uh, rolling out an app that's that's not fully tested. Um, but I, I think whatever happens, it's going to be a bit of a slow process, uh, mm. especially as knowing how Although we were all in the NHS, we all do things differently and we've all got different systems. Are we going to have to standardise that before we can actually then start sharing the data or are we going to have to build a different solution that sort of gathers the data after it, it comes from all the different providers and, and people? I, I think 
part of the problem as well is we've got the primary carers, which is a large part of it, and their systems don't talk to our systems. And then you've, you've got a whole stream of different data sources that we need to try and bring together um, to, to make sure that we've got the right message that's going across. Katie, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, yes, yes. Um, so I've lost my train of thought now. Um, yeah, about making it engaging, I think it's also important, which is something that uh, I've found from my experience in the NHS, is learning from each other. Um, we can, as trusts, become culturally very siloed. So I think if one trust is got um, a good way of engaging with the general public, being confident to share that with everyone and everyone uh, being engaged in accepting that, yes, someone can do it better than we can. Let's see what we can learn from that. Daniel, uh, yeah, anything else a, you want to reflect back on? It's a really good point, actually. Um, there's some really good work that Trust carried out, uh, and I think we should celebrate that and actually try and get through sort of lessons learned and, and things along those lines to make sure that we can all improve services because there's no point reinventing the wheel if a trust has already done something that's been successful in their area. Yes, it's probably going to have different effects throughout different parts of the country because you've got different uh, sort of cohorts of patients and, and uh, de deprivation areas. But but actually, if a trust has tried something and it does work well, then let's trial it in other areas and 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 learn from the things that they've managed to successfully bring about. Mm. And I've, I've got a question for both of you. Do you think the, the pandemic has, has changed uh, the public's confidence in, in data sharing and the way the data has been shared, shared within within the public space? Katie or Daniel wants um, to go first. I definitely think the pandemic has definitely changed it. So it's, I think pre-pandemic, it was very shut off. We don't share our data it's as within the NHS for the NHS purposes. Whereas pandemic, you were getting daily updates as to COVID figures, testing positive, um, um, other data related to COVID. So I think the, I would like to believe that the general pu public, that data has become more normalized for them um, and is not as scary. Mm -hmm. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. The, the, uh, potentially, we might have gone too far the other way and sort of gone overkill on sharing so many statistics that people switched off in the end. I know that the sort of every single day figures coming out, how many deaths and, and all the rest of it potentially went too far, but I know the reasons why we did it to make sure that everyone had the information at their fingertips to be able to make the right decisions for them, which is actually the whole aim of putting data into people's hands is actually how that they can improve their own personal health. Uh, I think we can link it even 
into the the sort of uptake of uh, now that you're allowed your one daily exercise uh, people were going out and signing up to all the fitness apps and and tracking their steps and again that's still their own personal health data uh, and that's sort of got it out there as as well and I think as as technology improves uh, that's only going to become more and more apparent uh, before it's sort of just completely embedded in everyone's lives and they won't realise where the data comes from. Uh, but yes, I definitely think that it had a, a positive impact on people wanting to know about data and statistics. Uh, I, I would caveat that with as long as you've got a qualified statistician telling you <laughs> what, what, what the actual information is rather than a online forum of conspiracy theorists that are um, making their own conclusions from stuff. Uh, I think we need to make sure that we're on board with what the data is actually showing uh, and, and sharing the right stuff. Yeah. I I do I'd agree with you there. I think it needs the most qualified person to communicate the data and not the most senior person. Yes. I, yeah. I, I have learnt um to my detriment. But I think touching on a point you mentioned about was it too much data, I think that's something where it, it didn't work so well because um lots of the daily updates there was some of the um, graphs and data they were sharing, even working in a, a sort of NHS data role, I was thinking, what is the use of that? What is the use of that st a statistic? Um, so I think touching back on a point we mentioned earlier, it's got to be of use and not just data for the sake of data, really. Yeah, and I think any of the sort of models and things that we build, we need to explain exactly how they are I mean, something that we do as as a as a trust is actually this metric is built off of these fields, and this is how we calculate it, so that people know exactly where it has come from. If you're just communicating a number, and they suddenly see it rise a completely huge amount, the people want to understand what what's caused that. And I know you don't need to necessarily go into the minutiae detail of the mathematical algorithm, but actually saying, oh, this is caused by X and Y, allows people to actually understand the message a lot clearer. Yeah, mm -hmm. completely agree. Is there anything you want to refer back on uh, from, from this session? Any points you want to touch back on? I don't think from my perspective, Alex. Well, I, th I think we're, most people that I speak to are all for sharing data. Um, it's it's their data after all. It's, it's not something that we're keeping and sort of hoarding for ourselves. But we just need to make sure that actually it's going to bring, bring benefit to people rather than just it becoming another exercise that you then have to build into BAU processes. There's, in my mind, there's no point doing something unless you can bring a benefit or improve a process, which is what the NHS is all around. We're all, mm -hmm. all about trying to improve public health uh, and, and get everyone and all different sort of walks of life using that to improve their own personal health. Yeah, definitely. just as an example, for example, um, you know, sending a crash report when you're when you're, you know, when when Google crashes, you know, they ask you, would you like to send us the a crash report in order to to improve process? So I think everyone's pro for doing it, you know, if that means that this might not happen again, or yeah. if that means that it'll make it'll make our user experience better as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Well, 
that pretty much concludes the session. Uh, I think it was a, 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 a great session. We, we, we touched up on some really, some really interesting things.